Kia ora, aotearoa, and welcome to Generally Famous Stuff Podcast. I'm Simon Bridges, and every week I talk to a generally famous but always interesting guest about life, love, and what makes them tick. Today's guest is a Kiwi actor, singer, playwright, indeed the only original cast member still on Shortland Street, and our longest, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, our longest serving TV soap drama actor in New Zealand, the one, the only Dr. Chris Warner, or in real life, Michael Galvin. Hey, it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Um, You've always been an actor, like in your adult life? Not quite. I, when I finished university, I actually applied for drama school and didn't get in. So I had a year there where I was working for the external aid division down in Wellington as a civil servant. And uh, I wasn't very good at it, and I was extremely unhappy. But then I, I reapplied for drama school, and I got in. And yeah, from then I've I've managed to not have to. I, I had before Shortland Street, I had a, f- a f- fair few kind of uh, periods of unemployment where I was thinking, okay, if I don't get a job in the next three weeks, I'm going to retrain as in computers or something. You know, that's what it was back then. You know, the nineties. I could see that Michael <laughs> Galvin, ICT professional. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have been very good at it, but uh, <laughs> who, who says I'm good at this? But, but, no, you're but, great at it. Um, yeah, I managed to do that. Yeah, and then I got, uh, then I got uh, Shortland Street. Well, I, I was getting a lot of theatre theater work and, yeah, and some TV and that kind of stuff all you, over the place. Because pre-Shorty Street, you had, um, you know, I, I've got here, Ladies' Night, I saw there was some of my stalking of you, a Tennessee Williams play amongst many other things. Yeah, that was at the. I was in the last play actually of the uh, Mercury Theatre before it Amazing. shut down when, when we were there because we did we did a really successful show of Ladies Night and then they were they were doing the Tennessee Williams and that got uh, I t- turned up to work and the security guards were there and we had to go in one at a time and get our stuff because because the theatre was being shut down and it, it had gone you know what, whatever that word is you know insolvency or whatever we're yes. bankrupt basically yes. and it just had to stop that night yeah so and, there was and, no warning and now it's sort of got it's got CRL going underneath it or something and it's sort of sitting it, there and mucking around but it's yeah. got Oh, is it? But it's going to be big again. Once that rail thing goes in, it's going to be good yeah, anyway. That it's has, exciting, eh? that, It is, I'm but it's got nothing it. to do with what we're talking okay, about, Michael. Keep right. on track. Sorry, I'm um, sorry. And, yeah. and what I wanted to ask you about that is, okay, obviously one knows you have a TV and we're going to get to that, but are you first and foremost a theatre actor, would you say? or It's definitely what, how I started. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, – you know, really in this country, it's difficult to specialise. You've got to do everything. And it's probably, you're probably going to get your money from TV if, if you yep. do get money. Um, yeah, I, I would have called myself that. But then the last play I did was one that I wrote actually called uh, Station to Station. We we toured it around. So it was fantastic. It was a great cast and I wrote the play myself. But in the middle of that season, I thought, I'm really okay if I never do this again. <laughs> I mean, Meaning theatre. I imagine it's very hard work. I mean, I'm not suggesting that TV isn't, but it's like you don't get to rerun the line if you stuff it up. Yeah, yeah. There are there are challenges about it, and um, and also doing the same play, you know, night on night. I mean, you know, that sounds strange for me playing the same character for all these years, but it is a different script in a way, and you're dealing with different actors and. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely started off as a theatre actor, and, and now I really, I really prefer TV. Yeah, but is there a sense that theatre is is the real acting? Yeah, yeah. Some people definitely have that attitude. I, I don't know if, I don't know if anyone who actually does theatre and TV kind of has that has right. that attitude. 
Um, and in New Zealand, you probably you've got to be it, it's same. And we were just talking before about uh, you mate uh, Blair Strang, and now my mate because I've talked to him once on a <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, who, who, who's a lawyer as well? It's a bit like this in law. You've got to kind of unless you, you've got to do a few little bits and pieces. You've got to have oh, a few yeah. strings to your bow, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. You do, you do. I would imagine that it is. Um, what I, having never been an actor, well, I was in a school show, um, Oliver. Good for you. Oh, who, who are you? I was the undertaker, oh, Mr. Okay. I was Oliver. Sang a song. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe if I'd been, maybe if the the, the, the cast directors and picking people had had a, a bit more foresight more and understanding and vision Absolutely. for the potential that I had, everything could have been different. But no, I'm really sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, so, but not as an actor, obviously. I, I sit there and I say, looking in on it, um, theatre, I would find it incredibly difficult to learn all the lines. I mean, particularly in a quite a sort of a ch- challenging, you know, uh, uh, piece of, of, of something. Do you have any tricks around that? Or? No, it's just about hard work. It's just about going over it and over it and over it. And it is, and it is, a, is it an ordeal, like an exam? Yeah, 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 it is, it is. I mean, if, if I've got a big week on short, well, what I try to do is I try to learn my lines for the week on the weekend, but that's my Saturday, you know, that, 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 that's going to take six or seven hours oh, on a, on a, of my Saturday. And then you've got to go over them, you know, the night before and the morning before. And that's if you want to be on top of them. You don't want to be in a situation where you're in a scene struggling for your lines, you know, cause then you can't sit back and it relax and kind of play, play the emotion, play the yes. moment. You know what I mean? You can only play the moment and be in the moment if you're not struggling for your lines. Plays are different though, of course, cause you have three or four weeks, um, yeah, to get so, familiar with the lines so, and and uh, so should you always go to a play in like the third week or something? <laughs> no, no, by the th- <laughs> by three or four weeks of, of rehearsal, they should be on top of their lines. Yeah, yeah. But first night, you might stuff it up. Well, you might, but but you, you're about as likely to do it as, as another any other night. Yeah, sometimes you know first nights are, are famously shaky, mainly because the actors are nervous about the play and whether it's going to be successful. You know, yes. and then you do it in front of an audience, and then then you get a feeling of. Of, of, of how successful it is or not, and then that kind of anxiety is out of the way. You already know. Yeah. Unless it's an absolute bomb. I did have that experience doing a terrible, terrible <laughs> play, and then you do it, and you and it was a comedy, you know, and you go back in, at half time and, the, and half of the audience have left and you just – yeah, that was. Oh, a bad believe experience. you me, I've had that with a few town hall speeches. <laughs> but you know you what, Julie? You know what experience teaches you, and you're a, a veteran, and if I can say so, in the world of acting, is um. It just keep going, <laughs> right? You know, they you, you're 15 minutes and no one smiling. Particularly true, dear. I said, I'm sorry to offend the listeners, but in the South Island, where they're just not picking up your your, your little funnies and so on. But I've 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 learned to just um, keep calm and carry on. What, what are your favourite sort of roles? I mean, if you if you could sit there and say, look, I'd really like to be this rugged outsider who's you know um struggling with depression or is it the happy guy what what what, what, well, what, what, what would the what great would thing like? about the role I, I do play which is chris warner on short history is it is that i get to do all of that you know what i mean mm. um i i have all of those storylines i have i have you know comic comedy storylines where i'm an absolute idiot and then other ones exactly what you described you know to really severe depression uh and um so I, I, in that context, I, I, I kind of feel I get to do all of those things. Obviously, it's, it's within the same character. But the, if it's if we're talking theatre, I, I actually I love to do a comedy, a, a good comedy. It's, it's just such a lovely feeling, 
you know, when you, you just can kind of sit on top of the lines and and the audience are loving it, uh, there's nothing better than doing a good comedy and there's nothing worse than doing a bad one. That is absolute uh, What are some good ones? Well, you know, anything by Oscar Wilde. It's funny, he wrote them over 100 years timeless. ago. But they really are, and they're perfectly formed. That's why you see all these um, amateur productions of the importance of being earnest. It's because it's it's almost an actor-proof play. The, yes. the, the writing is so good, and, and, and there's so much characterization within the writing mm. that, that you don't really need – you don't need good actors. You know, mm. you just need to say the lines and, and, and it'll be a great experience in the theatre. Isn't it? Isn't it? It almost makes me emotional. So much talent for one man to have. Yeah. And so, you know, that I've got somewhere, I mean, I'd be fair, I've read about eight pages of it, but I've got his complete <laughs> work somewhere that I think I picked up for like $7 at Wickcalls, or as my father used to call Wickcalls and Tombs. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so there you go. One thing I was, you know, because I talked about Ladies Night and we're going to come to... Um, and Dr. Chris Warner, I think one stage was, you know, famously sort of referred to as, you know, Dr. Love. You seem to play ladies' men a lot. Are you, um, have you ever been, are you still a ladies' man well, in real life? When I was, no, no, I'm not. In real life, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm signal, single, signal. I can't even say the word. It's, uh, uh, I'm single. I think I'm not I'm trying to depress you right now. Single. I'm just. It's okay. <laughs> I'm happy with it. I'm at peace with it. It's good. Um. Uh, no, in Ladies Night, I didn't play the ladies. I played Norman, who was the who was the right. um, the guy with the with the anxiety problems and the stutter and all the rest of it. So, but you were a heartthrob originally. I, I, I'm not making any spurs. Short that and you were, Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I was Doctor Love back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sure. Uh, Why not? Y- you're on Shortland Street from '92. If I got that right, 1992. Um, how did it come about that you kind of lucked in? And, and I know you know. And I'm sure that was how you felt back then, that you weren't sure it would last because kind of what did. But um, how did you get on it? They they auditioned it. They, they, there was there was a big, big word about it among, you know, all, all the acting circles. It's like, oh, we're going to do a kind of do a Kiwi version of Neighbours. And it was like, okay, cool. And everybody auditioned for it. Mm. Everyone auditioned for it, including me. And uh, I think what helped at my audition was that I was hungover. And so my my natural uh, anxiety was just kind of lessened and, and I was just in a more kind of smoother zone. Also, my voice was lower because I was, I was a bit hungover. So like playing that role, it was what he was in, in the beginning. He was a real kind of, as you say, ladies' man. So so I was just kind of more relaxed and just a bit more cool on it than I would Blair said the same thing about one of his auditions. Did he? Yeah. You know, I think I, yeah. I get it. It's like um, – yeah. You don't try too hard. Yeah, You exactly. sit sort of there, you know, this is who exactly. I am. And yeah. the, the, the other interesting thing about the Shortland Street auditions was that usually when you get do an audition, you get you get scripts for maybe one or two scenes. And the auditions for Shortland Street that first time before it started, we had six scenes. So I think what they were doing was culling in the initial stages people who were freaked out by learning a lot of lines because that's, yeah. that is the real point of difference between Shortland Street and other shows is that we have so many scenes and so many lines compared to other shows. And it's funny, you know, actors who haven't done it come on the show and just can't believe how and many you words on, they have to remember. And on that, I mean, I hadn't intended to ask, but, but is it um, – is it – are you doing like six shows in a row in a week or how does this work? It's it's very cleverly structured. We have to keep up with what's on TV. Basically, I mean, basically, yeah, we're shooting a week 
a week's worth of TV every week. We have to shoot five episodes right. worth of TV every week. But the, the way they structure it So it's a genuine is, full-time job. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as yeah. I say, in the weekends, you're learning lines. The, the, the saving grace is that, is that the spotlight of the story is not always on your character. So sometimes the spotlight shifts to other characters and you're playing a more of a supporting role. And in right. those cases, you, you, you would get a much easier week. And, and that's nice. But um, yeah. it, when it's full on, it really is. There's little little time for anything else in your day. Mm. Yeah, that's very. And, and and going back to the sort of start of it, you, you said you know they all, um, everyone auditioned. I mean, you mm. were there with, including yourself, the who's who of acting: Tim Morrison, Martin Henderson. Now is you know big, Danielle McCormick. McCormick, I should say. Some I've, I've thought about intense, and I, and I imagine it's a bit like. Um, school camp you know you, you you're there for a period of time in your case some years all together all the time do you actually keep in touch with any of these folk now are they or was it just a period of time when you're all together and then you sort of drift off your separate ways it is a bit like that one of my best friends in the world is craig parker who played my brother on the show and that's how i met him and mm. I, I do keep in touch with him uh, that's craig Crazy, and he's in uh, in the states yeah. doing really well. He's he kind of keeps up picking up these kind of guest roles and TV shows, getting paid a fortune, right? <laughs> and getting residuals, thank God, um, because they're not so far. They haven't been Netflix shows, so so that's been really good for him. He's a, but he's a terrific guy and a wonderful actor, and he's just got a he's just got a great quality about him, a great presence. You know what I mean? So that helps in that way. Uh, sorry, what was the question? Well, I don't know. Just, you know, <laughs> do you keep there? in contact with oh, these yeah. guys. Yeah, so I, I don't so there's know. one but that you as do. A guy, well, well, and also my, my good mate Tim Baum, who, who played uh, Greg Finney on the play. Oh. But I knew him beforehand. We were at drama school together and we were great mates from that. Well, see, Tim's older brother was a criminal barrister. We were talking about this off here, who How I did a lot of cases against. Did you really? A lot, yeah. So, the, so that's that law and... And I politics yes, and, yes, and, and, his, his brother, and acting. Yeah. I think there's was sort it of Tony. His Tony, exactly. Yeah. He's a very good uh, criminal uh, defence barrister. Um, the other thing I was interested in is, you know, TV. So, so you're there in the '90s. Your stint ends in '96, and we'll perhaps talk about that. But mm -hmm. TV has changed so much from the, then. And in as much as you know, just one obvious thing. I mean, back then it was it, right? It was. Holmes or Shortland Street, probably, or yeah. you know, or, or yeah, the exactly. like. Um, now it's you know Netflix versus TikTok versus YouTube versus you know the internet and other and other things. Um, how, I've got. Give me a sense of how you know you being on it then for a period of years and then coming back. Has it has all of that changed? Has it changed a lot? Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a more insecure marketplace. You know, there, there was, but just as you described, there's just so much competition now. You know, and back in the day, it was TV one, TV two, and TV three. I can't remember what they put on. I think it was The Simpsons at one stage right. up against us. But yeah, in terms of the show itself, we just try to make the show. The show is kind of always been what it's was. It's just about the people in their lives, you know, and hopefully people that Kiwis relate to and, and also problems that, that Kiwis relate to, relationships but and job problems and that kind of stuff. And, and we just give some people a kind of a an outlet or a, a, some kind of resonance for their lives. Hopefully. Is there a sense now that you're 
and maybe this is a fantastic thing in some ways, right? But that you're less of a celebrity because back then it was everything. And yeah. now it's kind of like, you know, it's one of many things. It is, it is definitely one of many, many things. And that's absolutely true. When it, when it came out, there was, there was a lot less around and there was certainly a lot more demand for us as actors to, to be doing, um, you know, the various publicity. See, that to me is the, is the, is the, is a massive change in that actors now willingly kind of present themselves in their own marketing on social media, you know what I mean? And yes. they handle that. And, and, and that is the main source of, of kind of advertising for the show is actors personally taking it on themselves to present a social media profile for which they can then get uh, money from, which is terrific, you know, if they do sponsorship. I mean, back in the day, it was always a publicist just trying to kind of grab us and saying, you have to do this. And there's still a bit of that, but, but, but that whole publicity element of it it's just so much bigger now than it was and, and it kind of blows my mind slightly as as someone as an old fart that 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 people really actively seek it out you know because back yes. in the day we used to run and hide from it yes um some but, call but it terrific. and don't get me wrong it's, i think it's a phenomena and many things from sport to politics to whatever but but um some would call it narcissism but you know but but it's a necessary thing that you've got to do if you want I to don't get think ahead it's that. yeah no i think it's just pure practicality of they know the that that of, of the game that if it's if it's down to two actors who who are equally good the one with the biggest social media profile will get the job. I mean, that's just that would just make sense. You know, yes. why wouldn't you? Of course you would. And it's a way to quantify an actor's popularity. And that's never really existed outside of these the kind of things TV and Z would do where they, you know, get a focus group and that kind of stuff, which yes. which but just it doesn't give you that that really easily understandable number you know it's 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 a really it's a way of quantifying your popularity and and that's terrific and as an actor that's that's what you want and you know is it narcissistic well it says yes in a way but then being an actor is narcissistic isn't it and you're saying look at me you know i'm what i'm feeling what i'm thinking that's so important and, and writing too i guess in a way you're going listen to me listen to what i have to say i have you know? something important to say yeah that's yeah. right um <laughs> Why'd you leave in 96? What was your... Because I, I was going to be famous and, you know, a movie star and all the rest of it. That, well, that was the idea. My, the, the partner that I had at the time got a scholarship to study at the Slade Art School in, in London. Yes. A, and, um, and I was born in London. And so I, there was, no, was going to be no problems for me working there. And so we were like, okay, cool, let's go over there and I'll try to make it in London. And, yeah, it was way... I couldn't even get an agent. It was Ray... It was very. Uh, it was. It was pretty bleak. Yeah, there's yeah. a. Se- I, I, I seen a little bit about this. I mean, there's a sense you you were. Um, and I get this too. I mean, my my wife's a, a, a pom, and uh, she would have, I think, liked it if I'd stayed there and done law there. But I always had the sense that I would be a, a, an outsider in a. In, in a game, you know, law and maybe acting oh, very yeah. insider's game, you yeah. know, was yeah. your uncle so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da and with this accent from West Auckland, I just couldn't. So I felt like I needed to, to come back. And my sense is you had same but different, you know. Yeah. You were no, no, an very outsider similar. And, and the accent was, was significant, you know, and I'd be like, oh, no, I can do an English accent. It's like... Well, why you know why would we get someone who could do an English accent? We could we just cast an actual English yes. person, and, and yeah, it was very it was very much that. Oh look, we're not we don't we're not casting Kiwis. We're not casting we don't need Kiwis. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, it was pretty bleak and pretty 
sad. But you know, as we did, you did some acting over there, though. Uh, yeah, the acting I did, the acting I did was uh, a show at Edinburgh, which was I'm so glad I got to have a taste of that because it was so wonderful. I just bumped into a Kiwi on the street, Josephine Davidson, who was Gina on the early days of Shortland Street. And she was like, "Oh shit, someone's pulled out of our play. Do you want to do it?" And it was great. It's a, it's a very funny, very punchy little comedy called Love Puke. By um, Duncan Sarkis, or, or is it Robert Sarkis? One of the Sarkis brothers, sorry. Right. And um, it was great. It was great, great fun to do that. But the thing I did do there was weirdly, I sold a screenplay when I was in London to this, these two guys in the advertising game, and they were looking to um, kind of branch out into making movies. And I was forever sending scripts off to places like the BBC, you know, just because mm. because there were a lot of places you could send un uh, what's it called? unsolicited scripts. And one of the readers there read it and thought, well, the BBC aren't going to like this, but maybe my brother was. And so these these two guys, they um, they, they bought my script. So that, that was a, a much-needed kind of boost of, of confidence and, and a bit of sunlight. Do you and, get much for a script? Well, it was a fortune to me. Yes. I, they ended up paying me like a thousand pounds or something. Yeah. As a, what, what happens is that you get a you get you they buy the rights, and then if it gets made, you get a a portion of the budget. Right. So the bigger the budget, the more money you get. I think that's how it works. I wouldn't know. I've never sold a film script <laughs> apart from that one. Yes, amazing. Mm. And then you're back. And, you know, um, what is it, 2000, 2001, you're back on Shortland Street. Yeah. Dr. Warner's returned. And, and you haven't left in 20 years since. No. No, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, part of that being away made me realise how lucky I was to have that job. Yeah. And, um and then, uh, and then when I, I I got married and we had a child, and then that that was a whole other level of of just wanting that security. I'm not we're we've been separated for a long time, me and 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 Lily's mum, but we're great friends. But it just it, it is a a real incentive to to provide some kind of stability, you know, yeah. and have that stability in your life. And yeah, yeah, even a- more so when you're separated because you you kind of. You can't really rely on the other partner to take the slack all the time the way you can when you're when you're with someone. Yeah, you know? it's amazing to think of um, acting as as a source of stability. But you know, if you get on something like Shortland Street, um, and I take your point, I think you're saying either on or off here. You know, could change at any moment. You know, it could be a change in the wind in terms of you know haven't we done this a lot? But but you know, Shortland Street's been a great source of that. Um, has Chris Warner changed? Um, a lot over that time as a person. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, it's inevitable because it's it's me playing him. Because he's getting old. Yeah, he's getting older and, <laughs> and, and a bit heavier. <laughs> no. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, really, a show like that, you've, you've got uh, which I would call an ensemble cast. People perform a different function, you know, and like in the old days they would call it your juve lead who was like, the you know, the young, handsome and the young, beautiful People and then you have your older kind of uh, I can't remember what the word for them characters but I, I've kind of slowly morphed uh, how 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 I, my narrative function has has shifted from. This from, sounds very ageist. Well, yes and no. It's 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 you've got an it's ensemble and you and you balance it. You 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 balance it. You know you've got different ages and different genders and sexualities and all that stuff, cultures, and also all the things that happen to Chris and. And, uh, you know, my function then becomes a, to, as a dad. You know, I'm a dad character. That, 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 that is definitely what I am now, I, either literally to my <laughs> millions of children who keep turning up, but also a, figuratively a, a father figure to the, 
the younger characters, which I love. I love it. Actually, I was going to sort of ask you that. You, you know, you were in your fifties. Um, you, you, you're a you're a a I'll use the word a veteran, and 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 what I would perceive, not entirely, but a sort of a young person's world. I mean, do the other actors come to you for advice? Do they leave you out when they're going out on the the, the booze if they ever do that anymore? <laughs> um, are, are they are they ignoring you as an old foe? I mean, what's the dynamic for you twenty some years, well thirty years actually on yeah, um, as Chris Warner? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely shifted. Yeah, I don't know. We did seem to go out a whole lot more back in the early days. <laughs> you know, um, I, maybe I think they're, they're more sensible. They're all they're drinking different ages. Sort of Arepa health drinks and stuff <laughs> these days. So I don't know, it, we we are very. It, it seems to be not like that though. It, it seems I, I I can't think of conversations I'm really excluded in, and, and where age comes up. You know, where that kind of thing comes up it's it's we all kind of seem very much on the same well that's what it seems to me but that just could be them being nice and uh, <laughs> you know including me I remember when I go away they talk about the fun stuff you know they're like yeah. Chris isn't here we can I, d- I did I did have this we can one discuss moment. our plans for the weekend <laughs> yeah yeah I, I remember this one moment in the in the and we've got this tiny little kitchen at where we all kind of make our coffees and stuff. And, and I was talking to one of the actors and I was just blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm being quite funny. And uh, and I can't remember, he or she was, I just caught out of the corner of my, I just saw them yawn. And I just thought, oh, no, I've reached that age now where people listen to me, not because <laughs> I'm interesting or amusing, but because I'm older. And I'm like, and I just, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remembered when I was a young actor, listening to some older actor kind of going on about something, thinking they were so interesting, but, you know, quietly judging them in my head going, oh, my God, you are such a bore. I never will become like <laughs> I think that, I get but. that too from colleagues. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, um, it's lovely on the way that they, you know, that they're being nice to you. They're respecting you. But when you realise that that's what's going on, it's like it's a shot to the heart. Actually, I think my children <laughs> do that. And just come to think of it, um, how do you keep it interesting for yourself? I mean, I'm not, but oh, and yeah, is it yeah. even still interesting for you? I mean, do you oh, enjoy God, being yeah. on Shortland Street? No, no, I do, I do, I do. And uh, yeah, you just sometimes your energy goes into making sure you have that energy, you know, of uh, freshness and, and the newness and seeing the newness in it. Um, but I think that's a really good attitude to have to life anyway. So it, in a way that they kind of so it's not like I mean, it's not like being, and I'm, I'm sorry to offend the nine plumbers who are listening, but a plumber, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's an important job. We all need a plumber when the poos get stuck in the Hell toilet, yeah. but it's, you know, it's, um, it's not just a trade for you and it hasn't sort no, of slipped into form. becoming that. It's an art form. And you still feel that yeah. every day you yeah. wake up. Yeah. Every scene is different. Every, you know, it's literally different. It's, it's, and it's usually with different people. There's quite a high turnover on Shortland street and, in subtle ways, I'm different, you know. So I, I even survivor even... Shortland Street, Michael Galvin, <laughs> he's surrounded to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it does feel like that, uh, but but yeah, it's al- it's always new, and the writers do a great job of of keeping it current and and of finding new things. Even mm. for a character like mine, they they're always finding new things for him, which is wonderful. But then you know. He, Every every scene, you just have to remind yourself that this has never happened before. This has never happened before. And my, my, my final, I hope not mean question, but sort of slightly 
trying to provoke you question. Mm. Um, and I don't say this critically, but, you know, we've discussed already in the course of this, you know, chat that acting in New Zealand is a fraught career. If you're oh, going to make God, a 40-year yeah. career out of it, it's a very small uh, market. Do you sit there, and I'm not, you, you may even reject the sort of the premise of this, but do you sit there ever and say, because, you know, in the end you are, you know, long running soaps drama guy on TV. Do you ever say, you know, should I, I played it a bit safe and maybe I should have um, given them the bird and gone touring around pubs doing soliloquies or I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, is there any sense uh, of that? No, I, I think having left it, you know, in 96, um, I think that kind of got that out of my system and and whatever it was that my ego needed to 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 chase after in terms of you know fame and uh, and then I got back and and I just I realized I'm being paid well to do a job I I love you know I, mm. I am an actor that's how I identify you know define myself and I get to do that and there are very few actors who totally. who can say that you know most actors are not acting most of the time. Uh, and I'm one who is, and and, and definitely you, yeah. I, I imagine I don't know, but I imagine you're possibly in the one percent of most secure actors in New Zealand. Well, secure today, but you know, yeah. as you were describing, the TV industry is changing, and all that. You know, it it just takes one person somewhere way up above me to to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of that guy, or I'm sick of that show, and and then it all, you know, it all it all dissolves <laughs> like yeah. a dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I don't think so. Yeah. I hope not. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> One thing I am fascinated by, and we talked about this before actually we came on here as well, and this this may mean nothing and will mean nothing to anyone under, under a certain age, but <laughs> I, I find it fascinating. Your father... Um, it was Bernie Galvin, uh, who was very well known uh, and top civil servant in the Muldoon era. I mean, he was he was the, the head of the, the the Prime Minister's department, head of Treasury, which was kind of the plum big job in yeah. government. You yeah. know, back in those command and control days, sort of running the 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 the, the, um, the economy. Yeah. Um, Chair of Economic Development Commission. Your mum was senior social worker. Um, your stepmum was influential political scientist, Professor Margaret Clark. So why I'm fascinated is it it just seems to me. 
And I said this to you before, so hopefully you've had in between all my other random questions four seconds to think about this. This seems a common theme around a- actors. I mean, we've had Antonia Preble on, of course, her uncle's Richard, who, who, her father's a prominent law professor, her, her other uncle was head of the State Services Commission. Um, the question is, why do you, and, and there are others, if I think about, why do you think that is, that we've got these sort of fancy senior servants, maybe quite cerebral, thinking about the economy and this, that, and the and, and, and their children go into acting or the creative arts well like like we were we were we were saying for me it was like i if i was going to go down that road i'd kind of always be his son and i wanted to kind of try something else also i really something i really really wanted to do i i think it's it's not so much that people from from those upbringings become actors i i i really think looking at shortland street it's it's people from Every background that become actors, you right. you 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 get people you know, like Antonio and I, you know, whatever with you know university degrees or whatever who who just who are passionate about it, and other people with, with you know who who left school at fifteen who, who are passionate all, about equally it. passionate and and equally good and sometimes better, and it's just it's a it's a kind of a very meritocratic um, thing acting. You mm. know, if you're good. Well, if you well, maybe not if you're good, but if you've got what people want, mm. you'll get the job, you know. And um, uh, uh, but it's an art, and 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 all art forms are, are, are immensely can be immensely uh, fulfilling and satisfying, and also obviously in, incredibly frustrating. But yeah, that, I think that draws people from from all over. Yeah, you've um you've written many plays. And and also short stories, I think. Have I got that right? Yeah, I've yeah. had a couple of short stories published. <laughs> yes. I mean, where yes. did the where did the stories come from? Um, I, I I don't do it so much anymore, but I I used to think too much. I I, I had a hyperactive mm. imagination and just kind of like a neurotic <laughs> mind that's just always going too fast. And uh, and that's I feel that that's definitely where the writing it was a lovely outlet for that. Am I right? Know? I wasn't intending to ask this, but you've suffered from sort of what you call more than normal, um, if I can use that word, um, anxiety. Yeah, I I, I feel I, I hate I hate to describe myself that way, but I feel that would be accurate. I would have I would definitely have described myself. I'm much better now, but as 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 perhaps a, you know what they used to call perhaps a nervous. A nervous person, you know. I, I say I suffer from a condition, the, the human condition. I, I think we all. I think that's an inevitable part of life is fear and sadness, and and uh, and so I'm reluctant to go. Oh, you know, to kind of classify by myself as a specifically, you know, whatever. And I wonder if acting is. You know, don't be wrong. You wouldn't have it any other way. But like at, at a level, in quotes, bad for that because oh, because it's like I'm I'm absolutely. anxious and I'm overthinking things. So I'm going to put myself out there in front of. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people exactly. to critique my kind of um, eyebrow, eyebrows exactly. and, and face furrows and, <laughs> and and so on. But maybe that's exactly you know, maybe that's what's what it, what what's required. Because it seems to me, you know, I've, I've written a wonderful book. I'm just okay. dare some. I've got another one on the way. It's going to be wonderful, you. and stuff's going to profile it fantastically. I'm sure, <laughs> uh, Chris Reed, producer. Um, but. Sitting there and thinking about fiction, whether it's plays or short stories or a novel, or that seems to me very hard. That's I don't know where the plots come from. 
but maybe I've just switched off the imagination yeah, part of my. But maybe your head isn't in that game for most of the time. But if if you're an actor, your head's in that game all the time. You're always stories and always imagining, yeah, stories and, and and coming up with things. And and you know, generally you go to see a lot of those shows and, and some inspire you and some don't work and you think, well, why didn't that work? What did I hate about that? And then so you, you know, you try to do a better job yourself. Yeah. Do you like the process of writing? It is. Yeah. I, I haven't, I kind of stopped doing it because I've become a kind of a calmer, happier person and I, right. I don't need that outlet right. anymore. But it, it's interesting. I think there's something, do, if, you, if you want to be creative and produce some of your best work, be really freaking unhappy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately. Van, Van Gogh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Picasso, some of these guys, yeah. Uh, Hemingway. Yeah, yeah, yeah un unfortunately. But uh, but this play that I wrote, Man Band, that we are going to talk about, it's just fun. And that, and that was my most, my lo most la latest play. And, and I, I was going to just, I, th I thought I'll either stop writing or I'll just write something where that's, that just gives people a great night in the theatre. And my, my prime objective is not to... When did you write it? Is it re re about four recent? or five, no, uh, about four or five years ago, I think, or maybe even longer four or five years ago and so it's 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 had a it's had a few it's had a workshop with the Auckland Theatre Company and it's been sitting around for a long time which is another great thing because it, it lets you go back to it and kind of see it for the first time and be able to critique it as if it was someone else's play which is always it's always much easier to criticize someone else's work than your own but if you leave it for long enough and you go back to it and go oh I see what needs to be fixed and and I did I completely removed one character and replaced it with another character and just making the show, making the play tighter, you know. And man band, of course, playing in Palmerston North. Palmerston North, uh, yeah. Palmy, uh, uh, soon. Um, and, you know, with with uh, your pals, uh, Blair Strong, we talked about Roy Snow, John John Wright. Um, give us a sense of the sort of the, the plot or the theme here. What's okay, so there's, going a, down. there's a guy and he's on he's on the um, one of those talent shows. He's kind of my age. Well, actually, he's Blair Strang's age. He's on one of those talent shows. He really feels he's an undiscovered genius and he's finally got it, the courage up to, to enter one of those shows and um, and he's there and his stuff is kind of a bit strange and the, the, the judges watching it discover that he used to be in a boy band and they were like, that's what we want to see. We want to see you but in a boy band. So if you get your boy band back together, we're going to let you stay in this competition. And so he brings this kind of weirdness, his strangeness, is convinced he's a genius, and he and he and he tries to recruit <laughs> his old boy band and get them back together. And of course, all the problems ensue, you know. And one of them's one of them sort of become what a hunk of lard. One of them's transitioned, and so no longer. Oh no, no, that that's that's been changed. No, that that that's oh, been right? changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's uh, how much does change? And 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 as they're performing it, and Blair's reading a line out. You're changing it at that point as well? Sometimes. I guess with a comedy, you've really got to marry it to that actor's comic sensibility. And, and if, if, if two if, words are out of place if, and yeah, he likes they're them. strongly leaning another way. So someone like Blair, who I just think is a wonderful actor and really funny, if, if he wants to change a line, I, I would just go for it because, you know, I, I really trust his 
um, his comic sense, and and the actors have to make it work for them, you know. But as I say, it has had a fair number of rewrites, and I've been tinkering away with it, so I feel it's in like really super good shape. Is it? Is it? In some sense, I'm really psychoanalyzing you more than I normally even do. But, but <laughs> is it in some sense not literally, but but figuratively, if you like, um, autobiographical? And as much as you, you know. You're, you're this artist um, who, who who has has written plays. You know has an internal life, um, and when anyone anywhere in New Zealand sees you, you say, are an please actor. Please tell me that's not your penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are an actor on Shortland Street. Um, no, that didn't occur to me. That honestly, and I don't, I don't, because I don't feel that way. You know, I I don't spend a lot of time thinking how do people see me. You know what I mean? I I, I I ask myself, is this good for me? You know, and and the answer in terms of short history is almost always yes. Uh, it's very, uh, that's very uh, uh, ingenious over, of you. I've overanalyzed the. Uh, very ingenious I just, of you. Well, I said no. Literally, just as I as I was yeah, mucking around the head, I look what man band was about. Yeah, it's more about you know, that. and it's like we harken back to this. That you know w- w- the thing that made him famous and um, that people perceive him as, uh, but but you know in reality he's wanting to be there for something so, that's something got else. much more artistic uh, merit. Yeah, that, that's really insightful. Uh, but I think I think the, the player Doctor Freud wanted... has nothing on me, buddy. <laughs> okay, right. Um, <laughs> the the play what it is about is 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 that that kind of need that some people have, that that universal need in a way to matter that some people have and, mm. and also that you get to a certain age a middle aged and you think there's there's a thing I haven't done that I needed to have done do you have that no no it seems to me you're um what you're saying to us is actually you know you're at a really good place right now where you feel really happy yeah yeah I am I but am but that might not have been true true a few years ago uh yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't say that off any evidence, but just listening no, to you and sure, that's right. Yeah, I, I you know, I was, I was a naturally, you know, overthinker, anxious person, but I, I don't, I don't see any anything terribly different about how most people are. It's just I've, I've learned to um, just to calm the f down, you know, and just relax and and just not take my thoughts and my feelings so seriously. And of course. When you're an actor and you're writing, you know, when you're an actor, you take your feelings incredibly seriously. And when you're a writer, you take your thoughts incredibly seriously. And, I, and I've learned how much pain that causes you, you know, the psychological pain mm. and, and how good it is just to just to sit back and let it all go, you know. How have the rehearsals for Man Band been? They haven't started yet. Right. And they're doing that in Palmerston North. So luckily, do you go for down them, for that? And would you be there to watch well, it? Well, if it was in Auckland, yeah, I'd be there every day and sticking my oar in and saying that's not what I meant. And so it's good for them that they're in Palmerston North and I'm in Auckland. I'm going down one day in the middle of of rehearsals because I have to. There's a kind of a little cameo thing that I, I'm wanting to record for it to be part of the show. Um, but generally, I'm just they're just going to be left to it, and 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 that's never been the case with any play I've written. I've always been there, in on the rehearsals and the workshops, and and it's probably better that I'm not there because, as I say, I, I I could tend to revert to that overthinking, micromanaging, right. <laughs> jumping in, especially right. with a comedy, you know, because you think, no, no, this is how you make it funny, you know what I mean? Fantastic. Um, what do you like for entertainment? 
I mean, what is what? Are you a TV guy? Yeah, Netflix, hell yeah. neon? Yeah. Is it books? It. What's your love it all? Nah, books. No, I don't. I've never been a big book reader. To my discredit, I really admire people who do read books, but I love documentaries. I've turned into that guy, you know, World War II documentaries. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Stalingrad. Ooh, another documentary. Tell me all the things I already know. You're showing your age here. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I read some joke about it and it's just, yeah, guys turn like 45 or whatever and suddenly – World War Two becomes incredible. But and are you watching acting stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, I, at the moment, is the problem with that that it becomes professional? It's nah, like, oh, no, no. It's always no. You always I can still, see her acting. No, no. Like something like Succession or something like that. Where the yeah. Writing so is good. perfect and the acting. I'm really getting into Top Boy at the moment. What's which, that one um, about? It's kind of like, did you were you aware of a show called The Wire about drug dealers and uh, yes. in America? It's yes. kind of like a Londonized version of that, and it's terrific. It's really, really good. So I'm I'm really getting into that. Yeah. No, I love it. I love all those things. I watch all the – I watch everything. And music, I mean, I know you, we, we haven't really – but, you know, you, you – I think you play guitar. Were you I, a dab hand on the guitar? No, and- no, I'm a definite amateur on the guitar. But uh, me and, um, and my, my great mate Tim Baum d- did a, a show way back in the day, straight out of drama school, about the Everly Brothers, a, a wonderful play about the Everly Brothers performing in New Zealand. Yes. So it's a lot of humour, a lot of drama, and um, kind of, you know, the two – because the brothers were at each other's throats. Um, but we did the songs. We did four or five songs in it, so we had to kind of learn and those and sing those. Tim is an excellent guitarist, but I, I I I had to kind of get up to speed with those. And your music taste? What would you? How would you describe oh, that? Oh, pretty eclectic. I'm a massive, I, I, massive Bowie fan. Yeah, I, I love I Brian Eno. I'm wearing a Brian Eno t-shirt. Um, he, he actually did the music for Top Boy, which is good. I love all that mm. stuff. But I I kind of kind of keep my oar in with. Like uh, there's this band Wet Leg who who supported Harry Styles, they're terrific. I like them, great fun. Yeah, so I just I just try to kind of keep keep my keep up with it, see what's happening. Yeah, Spotify allows you to do that, you know, just to buy anything. What's the future hold for you? Well, to be honest, I really Doctor Chris Warner, uh, yeah, I just, seventy four. Uh, yeah, um, why um, not? <laughs> um, performing surgeries on Shortland Street. Why not? Why not? Maybe <laughs> remotely, you know, with robotic eyes and robotic hands, but. <laughs> But I, yeah, I honestly can say I, I hope it's more of the same. You know, I'm just really happy where I am, and, and I have been for a while. And um, and I, I just want you know, th- th- this is what I say. My burning ambition is is to stay exactly where I am. You know, I don't. Uh, it, it's uh, so I just hope the show keeps going. But you know, in my position, uh, being an actor, that 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 has a different flavor to it because you, you are actually very lucky to be working if you're an actor, and mm. and when you've got a good job, you do want it to just stay you know so outstanding hey well it's been fantastic to talk to you and um it, it seems like a wonderful attitude you've got uh, now and into the future let's wrap up asking the questions i ask every guest okay. we call this section general knowledge okay if you could be somebody else for a day who would you be i have two cats and one of them is really nice, and the other one just meows all the time, and I never know what she means. And so I would love just to be inside her brain to know what I'm saying in those moments, because then I know how to stop her meowing because it can get annoying. So I would be my cat, Pluto. Yeah. You do yeah. think too much. Okay. Yeah, maybe I do. <laughs> no, brilliant. I love it. I love it. Um, what's your most embarrassing moment? Mm, well... 
Well, when I when I came back to work on Shorten Street, uh, and you know I'd been away, I, I had I had this big story in my head about oh people are going to judge me because, um, you know I've, I've been away and I come back and you know when I left it was like oh yeah see you later I'm going to off to be famous and I obviously didn't do that and I'm coming back, you know I had this big story in my head that everybody was really going to be looking at me and judging me and the first scene I shot was a, a, a surgical scene, and and. The anxiety that I built up about about my return and the fake blood and the and the uh, the thing about a mask breathing in your own carbon dioxide, I, everything just built up and built up, and I got so anxious. I, I had a panic attack, and I and it was so severe that I passed out. And this was my this was the first scene back Amazing. when the thing I really wanted to do was make a good impression <laughs> and kind of knock those early scenes out of the park. And I did the exact opposite. I literally passed out from anxiety. I totally get that though. I can see that. I can see that, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you'd been there. Um, and then you left cause oh, I'm leaving because yeah, I'm going to yeah. go and find my fame and fortune, this, that, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, I came back <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I can see, but, but life went on. Life went on. I did, I did, I, some... did I did the scene and, and, and I got over it, but it was just, I just felt so ashamed of myself. Yeah. For well, something you, I couldn't really control. Thank but... you very much for sharing that. Um, if money was no object, what are the first two or three things you'd buy? I, I would like, I would buy something that, I don't know, some piece of real estate or something so that my daughter had some kind of financial security so mm. she wouldn't have to do a job she hated. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people end up doing a job yeah. they don't really like because they need the money. And I just think, well, wouldn't it be, if I was able to give her that and go, but don't worry about that because you've got this thing that's going to look after you financially so you can just find something that you love. I'd love to be able to say that. And, so, and without sort of projecting on her or speaking for her, what do you think she would like to do? I, I, she's a teenager, I if I got that yeah, right. She's a teenager yeah. and she's done a bit of acting and she's really good at it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, she's just kind of trying to find out. what. I mean, I, I barrage her with horror stories about acting as a profession. So yes. she's also looking around for other things. But well, she's one none of my children want to do politics. I quite <laughs> like it at one level. They just don't. I don't know. I've seen what it sort of involves. Um, yeah. You must be relieved at that, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> which famous actor would play you in the movie of your Shane life? Shane Cortez. Fantastic. We're always getting, well, I'm getting mistaken for him. <laughs> yeah, it happens about twice a year. Someone goes, someone comes up to me and they're just talking, talking, and <laughs> and I like about two minutes into it, I go, oh, you think I'm Shane Cortez, don't you? And um, yeah, so, but the, the first oh, I get that with that, Jason Momoa, but you know, it's slowly fine. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I bet you wish you did, though. Eh? No, nah, sure I don't. <laughs> no, I don't I either. Don't. It will be tough yeah. to be that hot. Yeah. No, I just, <laughs> I like. There'll be a lot of responsibility being that yeah, hot. Yeah, exactly. And there'll be a lot of working out, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. who needs that? Um, what's the strangest tradition in your family? It's a strange question about strange traditions. It's, it's a but. great question because everyone goes, oh, my family's so weird. I, I don't feel my family is weird. You, the, the weird thing about my family, to me, is that we were raised Catholic. And it, it just blows my mind now. None of us are. None of our, the kids. My father's dead. And, uh, none, but none of the kids are, have, have kept the Catholicism. But mm. growing up... Just all these weird things, you know. We go to church every Sunday, and mm. and we you know, and we go to confession, you know. And you go into this little booth with a man you don't really know, and you tell him 
everything, mm. you know. The, it, it's kind of looking back on it, it just – those rituals – that do we you, just accepted, it, it, it kind of slightly blows my mind. And this is a very personal question, but so, you know, you can get a free pass if you like. But but do you, looking back on that and thinking about that sitting here now, do you think there's something deep and real in that? Or do you just take the view, well, it's a load of nonsense and blah, blah, blah. What, what's your... Oh, my, my personal view at the moment is, is there there is a mystery and there's a wonderful mystery. And I personally feel... You have to be okay with not knowing. You have to be good with the mystery because that's life. And the problems occur when, when, when you're afraid of the mystery and you come up with these answers that are never enough and that are never right answers because the answer is there is no answer. Sorry if that's a bad <laughs> No, no, fruity. not at all. And I think, you know, but, but – um... You know, in terms of strange traditions being Catholicism, it's you know it was so normal. And but if it's one, but you know, probably literally a billion people. Some people are 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 um, uh, practice. It's a very you know, religion and and spirituality and these things are very um, well. That's another podcast. But (laughs) you you did you you gave me a good um, a good answer on a on a on a question there. If you could choose to stop aging at any age, which would you choose? Well, you know, 33 was good enough for Jesus, <laughs> good enough for me. It's, I like thir- 30s is good. I remember 30s Have you ever played I, Jesus? Have I ever played him? Yeah. Not I feel pu- like a surprising not number publicly, of, not of, publicly. of actors have. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, no, I haven't, but... I think, you know, in your 30s, you're kind of starting to get over yourself a bit. And like in your 20s, you just like think you're the best thing and you're charging along. In 30s, you start to get a bit of perspective. So, And also you haven't, your body hasn't started deteriorating yet. What age would Chris Warner stop at? Oh, when was he in his prime or is it still maybe coming? Maybe earlier, maybe, maybe 20s, I think. But uh, are you allowed to keep your same brain that you've got, your same mind? Sure. Okay, right. Well, yeah, probably earlier. Chris would have probably stopped earlier. Michael Galvin, it's been just a real pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank Um, you. I've had fun. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to Generally Famous, a Stuff podcast. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, if you follow us on Apple or Spotify, any of the podcast apps, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Thanks to my producers, Chris Reed and Jen Black and audio editor John Ruppiha. I'm Simon Bridges. I really appreciate you listening. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.